0: Across the city and South Cambridgeshire.
1: On FM, digital, and your mobile.
0: Cambridge 105 Radio. Ladies and
2: gentlemen, just a word of warning. Oh, you're a mess, aren't
0: you? I'm not very tall either. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.
3: Hello. Welcome to the first show of the new year for Bums on Seats. We're your fortnightly in-depth movie review show on Cambridge 105 Radio. I'm Ashley Capaldi and in the hosting chairs this afternoon we have Lorcan. Hello. Rosie. Hello. Emma, lean in and say hi. Good afternoon. Oh, um, fancy. So, nice, yeah. and so formal. <laughs> new blood Christian, hello. Hello, hello.
0: You're you? going to be
3: absolutely fine. Thank you. Don't worry. That's why we sat you next to Emma. What's the worst that can happen? So, <laughs> this week we're looking at Kira Knightley's um, turn as repressed ghostwriter Colette. Uh, Olivia Coleman, local alumni. She went to Cambridge, Olivia. My mum was in her class. I only realised that this year because she was called Sarah Coleman and had very long hair. She was very confused. But, yeah claim fame as an Oscar-tipped Queen Anne in The Favourite we've got a retelling of the beautiful friendship and professional partnership between comedians Laurel and Hardy that's Steve Coogan and John C. Riley in Stan and Ollie and the runaway Netflix smash Bird Box which if you haven't seen yet then you deserve the spoilers we're about to tell you um, Family Favourite reworked for the 21st century Mary Poppins Returns because we haven't had a proper in-depth review of that we've been gone since Christmas and we might also try and squeeze in a little awards season rant if there's time but for now let's push some gender boundaries in 19th century france
1: quite a phenomenon everyone's talking about it i have a little plan to turn claudine into the most popular girl in france
0: willie your book will change the world Claudine! tell me
1: how many people in this party
0: you think are reading claudine right now who is this girl People love to talk.
4: Since when have you considered scandal to be a bad thing? Who be right from the start?
1: All those young girls, you've <laughs> given them a view Willie has. Yeah. I mean you have. You should own up to it.
3: I will continue to pursue this because I want to that holds the pen writes history so it's well documented that Kira knightley is not my favorite actor lorcan so would you perhaps like to offer a more relaxed view on her performance without me making sure, up my own stuff
2: no. i don't think i don't think i'm familiar enough with Kira knightley in general to like have any like, any real opinion <laughs> um i thought she was fine um
3: fine maybe
2: a most unnecessary quantum of nudity at one point, which was strange. But um, quantum. <laughs> I mean, if you watch it, I mean, you know, there's a. I would call that a quantum it's... of nudity. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. I mean,
3: Christian um, leave studio, go to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, so we should probably start with saying it's a bit. If you've seen the wife. It's the same story basically. Okay. So Colette is the ghostwriter for her husband. So Colette played by Kira Knightley, husband played by Dominic West, and he's sort of languishing a bit in his career, exactly the same as the wife until he meets Colette. And then magically he becomes a best-selling, globally famous author. Um relationship does not do so well after that fact, does it though? But it's what, what is it you liked about this do you like period dramas in general because I do
2: if they're like the, the thing with period dramas is you have to get the details right and it has to be well made in and of its own in and of itself the period setting doesn't have to shouldn't justify the movie you need to have a story to warrant all that effort yeah um, and I thought um I was worried after the trailer because the trailer made it seem like everyone's kind of a character and I think Dominic West and Kira Knightley's characters both do start off as caricatures. She starts off as just like this ponytailed, like naive rural girl and Dominic West is just this insanely chauvinistic one line machine. Um, But then as the film gets in I think they do fall more into their characters and uh, I think it does end... A little caricature-y, but there's a solid like the solid like hour and a half in the middle. I thought everyone was actually trying fairly hard to do a convincing performance, and while <laughs> we Dominic, were trying while Dominic West hard. was de- definitely had some. I don't know. He wasn't in what it so
3: much, yeah. So yeah. I can understand. Well, nothing should make it to the screen and cost this money, this much money, if it's not near perfect, or if you're not striving for perfection. But I sure. kind of understand why he was not quite so developed, because he wasn't really around, was he? He was just the chauvinistic one-liner up against what should have been, I think they were aiming for, quite forward-thinking, multifaceted, interesting female characters. Sure, but that's very hard to get with. But Keira face I think <laughs> well, well I'm not not just because I don't like her but she has a very quiet acting style she doesn't move her face much she's very sure. inside of her own brain as you can see and sure. it's I don't think She was right for this.
2: Your Colette, Craig Natalie's my Natalie Portman then. (gasps) Um, What is wrong
3: with Natalie? Right, we're getting off piste here. But as so, so Toby off of Bums on Seats um, explained because he's a fan of the actual real life Colette. So she had the foresight to cast what's her name? My fair lady Audrey Hepburn, um an unknown Audrey Hepburn in Gigi. Okay. so that's the kind of person Colette saw herself as. Mm. So to put Kira Knightley in the role of a young ingenue Audrey Hepburn is sort of selling it short a bit.
2: Well, i I feel like <laughs> she did a fine job. And I think I like job. in terms of like to get to the story of the film, I liked how it was it was kind of portrayed. The relationship is the focus for the whole movie, which I liked and how. Kind of strangely mutually beneficial the relationship was, and how yeah. horribly abused it was by everyone involved. Which yeah. I I thought was the most interesting facet of the movie, and I, I just yeah. liked watching this very strange relationship progress. And cause you know it's going to end, you just don't know how. And
3: we mustn't forget how forward. It, forward thinking it would have been at its time so if you think if you think to Glenn Close so that's modern day, the wife yeah. and we, we are still sort of forgiving of the way she was treated I think the Colette's character was more 21st century than Glenn Close's character in that because she was very much I got the feeling that she was just doing her duty this was something she did for her family, her mm, husband yeah. and she wasn't interested in getting any kind of recognition for the work because she knew it would upset the boat whereas yeah. Colette very much has a hissy fit rightfully and says i need my name on that work i did it yeah. so that and and i think we're a bit sort of numb to seeing these kinds of stories of men being uh, of oppressing women and you don't realize hey i'm watching something that happened a couple hundred years ago and how fantastic this woman must have been
2: and you have to portray them as real characters which i think Colette.
3: because they're just so unbelievable yeah that that it's it's so unbelievable that would have happened and the thing because i didn't know anything about the real lady and i would have liked to have seen more of her life when she sort of left her husband's clutches went to find these relationships with women and started experimenting with stage acting and doing all this kind of avant-garde oh, that's dance and there. stuff it, like, not very much i didn't think
2: i feel like there's a good splatter yeah. like expo- exploring her sexuality and like the stage thing because like the stage performance has become a fairly big part of the second act. i would have
3: liked more but you know i like a little choreography in a film don't i but yeah. Did you? Did you? <laughs> but yeah, and, and kind of period drama costume wise, it was. I, I didn't notice anything particularly spectacular, but again, talking to Toby again, who keeps quite a close eye on this kind of thing, they changed the way they dress Kira Knightley as she goes through the film. So, like you said, she's this ponytailed little thing and none of her dresses fit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she discovers tailoring, and then all of a sudden she starts wearing trousers. And that reminded me a lot of the Danish girl. When his wife is is the trouser aware of the relationship, and that's quite an obvious thing to do, but I think this dealt with fluid sexuality better than the Danish girl, and that was sort of held up as the poster boy film of that year for, by the way, some people don't identify as one gender and by the way, some people don't have heterosexual relationships, but-
2: I think, I I didn't catch the Danish girl, but I thought this this dealt with it fairly. Yeah. I didn't have any issues with the way it was portrayed, it was fairly well handled in general, and it, Uh it didn't steer focus away, they managed to do it in a way that still had that be an aspect of the relationship between Keira Knightley and Dominic West as well.
3: Would you have gone to see this if we didn't make you for this show?
2: I wouldn't have, but I'm glad I did.
3: Oh, see, that's what, what we should maybe ask all of you that. I know what you're going <laughs> to say for the bird box, Rosie, and I'm eternally sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so you would go for the favourite, definitely. It's showing, not the favourite, sorry, um, what's the name, Colette. Colette? It's only showing at the Picture House, is it, at the moment? It is,
2: it's doing very well, we've got regular screenings every day
3: yeah are you also what's up emma is it
1: not on the light as well is not? it the
3: light the light are trying quite hard I, i've got the long yeah. screen up at the moment but yeah oh I'll
1: have i look. think it's on the light <laughs> it didn't have very um work-friendly screening time so, uh, so, not so
3: it's maybe a silver screener for most people but yeah if you are working go and see it at the arts picture house minus nightly it was all right actually <laughs> i concede to that one we'll move away from 19th century france so we have a little look at well it's another period drama 18th century england this is going to clean up a come awards season let's see if we think it's it's worth it it? it's already starting to i'll give you a quick favorite trailer and then we'll come on to this oscar tips wonder
1: the queen is an extraordinary person they were all staring weren't they i can tell even if i can't see and i heard the word fat fat And and ugly No one but me would dare, and I did not. She's been stalked by tragedy. Everyone leaves me and dies. Ah! I apologize for my appearance. I hoped I might be employed here by you as something. A monster for the children to play with, perhaps.
2: It is important to make new friends in court, is it not?
1: You're so beautiful. Stop it, you mock me. If I were a man, I would ravish (laughs) you. You have become close to Abigail. She is a viper. You're jealous. You must send Abigail away. I do not want to. Let's shoot something. (laughs) My dear friend, how good to see you've returned from hell. I'm sure you shall pass through it one day. Emma. You seem
3: like a major fan, because you're waving at me, saying you're into this. Major (laughs) fan or mediocre fan?
1: No, I'd say major fan. I think... Yeah? Um... Uh, we would we were sort of talking about this before we went on air and obviously the director um, Yorgos Lanzibos, um is this Greek director who previously has made I think Dogtooth The Lobster and um, The Killing of a Sacred Deer all of which he wrote this is the first time he's working for script so it feels mm. like this is his bid to kind of go for the popular move and I think it's working because it's it is a lot of fun. We, I, I don't necessarily think it's the most meaningful or deeply, you know, important movie or important movie or port movie you're going to see, but it is. Um, it's a lot of fun. The script is very sharp. It's really interestingly filmed, and as everyone is saying, and I've just got to join into that. Sort of a cacophony of praise. It is underpinned by three. In fact, now I'm going to say four because Nicholas Holt is I working. think he was the best thing about, about this. Three amazing female performances mm. with Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz, and of course Olivia Coleman, who I suspect is going to clean up come awards time yeah. because she's a bit of a national treasure, and she'll be, of course, playing two queens. Indeed, soon enough. that's true. Two queens. It's <laughs> so a lot. It's a lot of fun, and it is. It. It's. And it's. I think it's very well styled. The costumes were great. It gives you a real impression of 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 that. You know, the year, I think yeah. you were saying earlier about period dramas getting the details right, and I felt it really did. And the, the cinematography by, I think it's Robbie Ryan, isn't it? He does all this kind of long, weird, fisheye lens shots, it, it brings a sort of sense of, yeah, weirdness to the whole thing. I, mean, I liked it a lot.
3: He's a very weird director. So, yeah, Yorgos, he's, this film, though, is set in 18th century England about... Queen Anne, who wasn't having a great time of it by the end. Queen Anne is Olivia Coleman. She has close friend Lady Sarah, so that would be Rachel Vice in this. But their new servant, Abigail, comes in, so that's Emma Stone, and they're vying to become the favourite. Everyone's got something in it though. They're not completely just mm. dist- trying to do the best for their Lord and Saviour, the Queen. They've got their own hand in the pot in various ways. But I wasn't expecting the director to come out with something like this because he's normally very, very sort of almost dystopian, that's his usual kind of story and so if if anyone's like a major fan of his previous work, w- were you surprised to see the director take on a story like this?
0: Yeah, so one thing I was going to comment on if you're wanting to see this and you haven't seen this is to leave your expectations at the door because mm. I, I'm one of those people that stays clear of trailers and reviews and synopsises if I know I'm going to see the film so I had no idea what this was going to be mm. about but I was a massive fan of The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer and I was expecting that kind of surreal Deadpan, um, off kilter world, which it is a bit surreal, but it's not as 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 far gone as the other uh, the other ones I've seen. So, I think for the first half an hour, when I was watching this, I was expecting something weirder to happen, and maybe that, um, I don't know, maybe uncomfortable in my seat. I don't know. I, yeah. and, and When I knew what was going on, I was like, all right, this is the film. Then I got into it. But I was just going to s- say, yeah, if you're, leave your expectations at the, at the door. If you're expecting, a, you know, a dystopian kind of. The lobster-esque film, then you might leave disappointed. And at the same time, if you're expecting an 18th century, 19th century, um, English period drama, you might leave disappointed as well. I, I think you'll leave a round. little
3: uncomfortable halfway <laughs> I in. I wouldn't
0: take a grand <laughs> to this because there might be some no. uncomfortable <laughs> no. scenes. So no, yeah, she's
4: incredibly I think it's, lots
3: is, of parents great. will it's, be it's trapped. Its own
0: unique <laughs> piece of work really um
4: i think it's quite interesting bringing that sort of surreal oddball eccentric eccentric perspective to his- actual historical facts um and there were bits in it that were just so bonkers there were some really bonkers uh, moments like, that were, i agree, when... remember it was just such fun um and you know like the ducks the duck racing yeah uh, lots of sort of weird scenes like that and that the, the fact that queen anne has got these rabbits everywhere Um, Which actually you find out later a representative of something a lot sadder and a lot more personal. Oh,
3: they're they're her children, aren't they? Yeah, Yeah. her children. It just reminded me of, um, was it Tom Petty in Seven Psychopaths, who is the Zodiac killer? He just keeps loads of rabbits, that's all I could think of. (laughs) But yeah, that's my particular line of interest. But yeah, sorry, Logan.
2: Um I think I think the thing that I was to kind of echo what other, the others have said. I think that um, there's this uh, kind of wonderfully cruel sense of magic realism to all of his other films, and because he hasn't written this, uh, that's not there. Um, and the first. I think all of this strange fun stuff is in the first 20 minutes like the stuff you think about like the duck race and stuff like that that's on the first And in the, and 20 in the
3: minutes. trailer annoyingly so yeah if you've watched the trailer yeah. it's not that the, slapstick
2: it's kind of a straightforward comedy of sorts Yeah it's, is, the it's the trailer's not, very odd but, but I, th- I think I think that stuff kind of dips as like the, the performances you can't i don't think you can fault the filmmaking at all i think the performances are amazing and it's, it's very interesting the whole way through but there's definitely a dip and it becomes more kind of a standard drama for a good hour and a half and i think the endings the endings quite interesting and i think that that saves it a lot into being one of his movies i
3: think it left it really open-ended but then maybe i'm just too stupid and not following but i because I, rachel vice is kind of held up as the hero of the piece in this which in and of itself, is is forward thinking for an 18th century thing with a woman wearing trousers. But then, right at the end, the final five seconds, I'm like, oh no, this is this was you all along. She's an
4: interesting character, actually, isn't she? I liked her a lot, Lazy. but yeah, Rachel Vice, Rachel Vice, yeah, because she, I felt like the love between them was genuine. It, so. I believe
1: that that bit is historically quite true. The Lady Sarah and Queen Anne were very close. Whether or not the um, sexual relationship <laughs> that they introduce in this is, is quite as true, yeah. I suppose none of us know. But they were, She were, they definitely were very, very good friends. Mm, they
2: were very and they were close, very yeah.
1: close. And I yeah. like the way they style her in that very masculine way. She kind of marches around doing lots of shooting in her kind of highwayman's outfit. Yeah. So yeah I did this, and then, then there's that whole, she has that whole sort of bit where, where she ends up somewhere else shall we say yes vice in not such great circumstances no. and i really enjoyed that, part that of the plot. yeah that, that
3: middle sort expected. of fun bit pieced together the the really weird odd oh god what am i watching and then the slower drama of the second half but yeah that middle bit was a bit of a riot
0: yeah i think the, the ambiguity of the characters is what i liked about the the, the film the most as well mm. um you never. My allegiances switched the whole way through the film. Like I thought at the beginning, oh, this is a good guy. I'm on this person's and side. And that's
3: hard to do. And that's great writing. I know you said he didn't yeah. write it. That's as hard. As the film
0: went on, I'm like, oh no, I actually like this person now. Um, did you have a favourite out of the favourite three? Um, well, that's
3: the thing. I liked Nicholas Holt more than all three <laughs> women. That he was great in this. I think my fa-
1: I think Queen Anne because Queen I just Anne. think you know you can't help but feel for there was, her. at one n- point she's widowed, was, she's...
0: N- Underlying Gouty. to her yeah, character. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. When, you've, when you found out as the film went on about the 17, what the ra- rabbits represented yeah. and why she wanted these relationships with the two characters, there was a, a sadness that made mm. you, you, know, you empathise with, with the yeah. Queen
4: She now. kind of alternates
3: between a sort of petulant toddler and being this very yeah. sort of sad... Funny, you should say petulant toddler, toddler. Because the one thing I was thinking, whenever you see these kind of olden days um, royal characters no one addresses the arrested development so these people like rachel vice was her little bed friend they were cot friends as toddlers they've grown up together because she's going to be her handmaid and these people are waited on hand and foot from birth they never she has to make decisions which might sink a fleet of ships just mm. on a whim and she's a seven year old in her head because yeah. she's never left the castle <laughs> and those big long um, shots you were talking about it's just her cacophonous the, prison and she's not a real shot, person.
1: I thought, well, that my, one of my f- absolute favourite bits is when she's standing in front of Parliament and, you know, she's being pressured from both sides to, to either continue funding the war or not continue funding the war. And, you know, Nicholas Holt I think, at that point has, 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 you know, managed to kind of get He's, one up. And she, yeah. So he, sta- he, he beats her to it and she just stands there and it's <laughs> threatened. So she just doesn't face What choice. shall I do? <laughs> yeah, <that> Literally, <laughs> it's like you,
3: you're in
4: Tesco. Like a child, yeah.
1: yeah.
3: I'm not getting my own way. I'm going to fall <laughs> on the floor and. Supermarket. Let's see how they deal with this. That's literally what she did.
4: There's a lot of great slapstick in the film. Yeah. Actually, the a lot
3: of where slapstick. Where Rachel
1: character gets dragged along, yeah. off the back of a horse. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah, and um, and, and a shout out for the wigs as well. And I mean, have <sighs> quite a wig phobia, but I was. That's so one impressed of the reasons I love Nicholas's wig. Work wig. This, and I, I was, Lovely. Wig It was work. beyond fantastic wig work.
3: No, I did love it. So do we? Do we think so? Again, it's. And that I'm very, very suspicious of films that ride off the back of their awards season buzz. And I'm highly suspicious, even more so, having seen it and thinking they are pinning this on Olivia Coleman because the Academy obviously likes her at the moment. She's doing all the right things. This is our way to get some kind of publicity for this film. Because Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone... They're as good, perhaps mm. better, in a way, and I don't know why they're being shut out.
1: I don't think they. I think that's I. Really? From what I've been reading, mm. Ashley, I mm. don't think they're being shut out at all. And also, in many of the pictures. I mean, because there's a lot of press, obviously, a lot of mm. pictures are the three of them at the very, you know, bathtub. And and a lot of. P- you know, a lot of papers and magazines are publishing pictures of the three of them. And I'd say for everything you're reading about Olivia Colman, obviously she, you know, she is our own Olivia Colman and she hasn't yet won a Lost Cross, where Rachel Rice has or whatever. But mm-hmm. no, I think they're all getting equal yeah. praise. And Emma Stone's accent is... Pitch perfect. We're going to talk about Emily Blunt Saxon later on in Mary
4: Poppins. <laughs> she is actually. <laughs> Save your sugar in. Emma Stone is becoming a fantastic comic actress, actually, I think. Um, her, I don't know if She should many have
3: many returned times. back to that. She, yeah. Easy A when she started out. Yeah. Stay there. Super
1: bad. Easy a, yeah. she, is, she is funny.
3: But yeah, so there's this a return to form for her. <laughs> yeah. Was she your favourite in this, Rosie? Well, I just
4: thought I just think she's she's um, very diverse in what she's able to do, and um, yeah, I thought she she really is very good at the deadpan moments. Right?
3: And this is difficult comedy as well. You, you you it's corseted comedy, isn't it? So you've got you, she still has to maintain her, well, her character, and she's doing some pretty depraved things at certain times. So, Lorcan, who was the best for you in this, or was it a complete ensemble?
2: Um, personally, I do think Emma Stone. Probably gave the best performance out of all three, I think. But I think she also had probably the most to work with. She's got the Mm -hmm. biggest arc throughout the film. She just kind of shows up as a servant and is like desperately trying to weasel her way into the top. But uh, I do give props to Olivia Coleman because she, um, in terms of like the interpersonal relationships, she's got the most difficult job of making sure that the audience is never quite sure of making sure she's not letting the audience know where she stands while messing with these two characters yeah. and just kind of struggling with their own stuff. And what
3: I got from her is that she didn't know either and she seemed so desperate and flailing throughout all of it without flailing her arms about she just li- had no idea who to turn to or what to do and that was the sad bit. so christian who who was your standout was there a standout was it everyone all together
0: i think it was everyone all together but i did like olivia coleman i think she had the most i, I know you said emma stone had the most to work with but i think olivia coleman might have because she had to convey a range of emotions in one scene she was up and down and up and down and she had to be funny to serious to, yeah. to um and and yeah to do that in the space of two minutes and i think that was very impressive what she did uh
3: yeah. Huh. So we're, we're all happy that we would have all gone happy. and seen it before I made you go and see it for the show. Yes. You're interested yes, in it anyway. Yes. I would
4: have gone and seen it. Would
3: you, would you give them the Oscar? Would you give her the Oscar? Should we uh, give her the Oscar? Should we just give her it?
1: Bums on seat Oscar. <laughs> yeah. We should
3: do a Bums on seat Oscar. I had a great Oscar idea.
0: Special. Yes! Read
3: my <laughs> mind. So, I said I have... P- proper borderline narcolepsy but I can stay awake every single year until 6am to watch all of the Oscars we should totally live tweet the Oscars come around my house or watch it on my big screen it'll be amazing <laughs> black tie not optional um but yeah what are we on the favorite <laughs> the favorite it's still showing everywhere um yeah like Christian said don't take your grandma it's not a period drama like that it's it's quite
1: although I'm gonna awkward. say my parents in law went to go and see it who
3: are Well they're your so, parents.
1: Having not seen any no, parents in law, having not seen <laughs> any of his other films and they greatly enjoyed it.
3: Okay, but yeah, just just watch out for the for the depends on the grandparents.
1: For <laughs> the, yeah. It's, Use your discretion. What
3: word am I trying to think of that we're allowed to say on the radio? It's sort of in your face it's not subtle.
4: Pleasure. Back in the day, there may be
3: some sexy scenes. <laughs> there may be some sexy scenes. It's a tad
2: licentious.
3: Tad licentious. Let's move on to the jewels in the in the UK comedy crown on Tad licentious. Second air of Barnes on seats. Laurel and Hardy, everyone—it's the world's most famous comedy duo. They attempt to reunite their film careers as they embark on what becomes their swan song. And even saying swan song makes me sad because now I know what that means. Now, Um, but yeah, that they're they're put on a grueling theatre tour of post-war Britain to try and reignite a sort of flailing career. Rosie, you've only just seen this this morning.
4: Yeah, um, oh. so fresh from it. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful film. I really enjoyed it. It's the, I was just saying to these guys before, just the pathos in it, and you know, it's kind of it's telling the story as you say. It's telling the story of that period of their lives where they've gone from being the big film stars of the age to kind of getting slightly moved. Down the kind of um, the Hollywood headlines, as it were, and you know Ab, they've got Abbott and Costello. They're talking about new acts coming in, and um, they're trying to make things work. But it's just such a beautiful story of of their passion for comedy and and the kind of friendship. Other. Their loves is such a love story. I've read this. You know, a few people have been saying this, but it really is a beautiful story of a friendship. Yeah. And um, how much they love making each other laugh, and it's just full of really special moments. Let's have a listen I'm to joy. the trailer. Listen to them making us laugh.
2: Here we are, the Eiffel Tower.
3: (laughs) How is Oliver? Mm, He
2: pulling weight? How's your knee? It hurts. It's even pushing you a little too hard, mate. No. You could have a long time ago said goodbye, Oliver. That's all in the past. You're not still carrying that around, are you? Because I went ahead and did a picture with someone else 16 years ago. You and Harry are just going to be great together. Mm -hmm.
1: Couldn't sleep for days when they told me what you did. And I couldn't
2: sleep when I did it. You
1: betrayed me. Betrayed our friendship. I loved us. You loved Laurel
2: and Hardy, but you never loved me. The doctors told me I can't continue with the tour. My heart won't take it. He asked me, since he was sick, if I wouldn't mind carrying on the show with somebody else. May I introduce you, Mr. Nobby Cook? You're not leaving, are you, Stan? The show must go on.
4: Even just hearing those words, you're not
3: leaving a tear down. to my eye. Well, let, let's let's <laughs> double check Rosie's pathos the upset. I, I
4: think <laughs> I shed at least three tears, um, three separate moments. Three probably. separate Even moments. Lorcan, knew Lorcan you can, a can a you few. attest? Three oh, separate tearjerker moments.
2: I'll I'll, I'll say I, I I almost got to that point. like the, the the last half hour, definitely. I don't want to call it schmaltz, but it definitely lays on the emotions in the last half hour, um, and I was worried that this was going to be because we seem to be in a weird trend at the moment of uh, the depressing final days of great artists
4: <laughs> yeah, in movies, true. like the yes. Happy
2: Prince was like the depressing last days. Where go Wow, we got all is true coming out soon with Kenneth Branagh Um, put
3: Bohemian Rhapsody in that now there you go (laughs) um
2: so I was worried that this was just going to be like oh it's like look at these two super iconic characters that are so deeply ingrained in like the cultural subconscious like we could just we could just not even try and this movie would be a big hit um but the movie did win me over as it went the performances of Riley and Coogan are very very good I have to I think especially Riley. Um, Which
3: is weird, because he's in one of the worst films of the year at the moment as well. <laughs> I tried to watch Sherlock and see, Holmes. See, I actually wasn't. really liked Holmes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but also started Steve Keegan. Oh,
1: I'm pleased you say that, because I quite like to see Holmes a
3: lot. I, I, I have, thought it was no. fine. I'm a Will Ferrell Fine. <laughs> right, that's your first, sec- first fine of the okay, show. You've okay. got one more. I almost said that's fine that's can i ask is this film
0: funny you're talking about how emotional it is and these are about two i I think it's really
4: funny i laughed loads throughout it and one of the one of the reasons why is because they the skits that they're so used to doing as part of their acts they just start enacting them as part of their everyday lives they can't stop so they're just naturally funny and they're always you know there's a scene where they walk into a hotel and they've you think you think they probably planned it and Ollie's got a tiny little suitcase and uh Stan's got this whole bunch of luggage and he starts dropping it everywhere and just everywhere they go and you can tell they make each other laugh and that's yeah. you get a real warmth from them kind of that's when they really have their sort of special moments when in those uh, scenes and
2: they're just trying to inspire laughter like wherever they go yeah it's very very sweet
4: i think they're very aware of their public persona and they're really keen to kind of they you know even when he's being fogged off by somebody in this um film office he's still trying to do a little bit with the hat and She's not buying it. And that was another pathos moment.
3: Where do we start then with this? So like you said, they have they already had their glittering Hollywood career and we meet them when they're sort of nobodies?
4: That's right, yeah, years later. Well, they're not really nobodies. Um, they're still popular. A lot of people mm. watch their films, but they, um, they're not getting cast in films anymore. Really? Um, and there was an issue, wasn't there, with... Um, with the studio so um, Ollie makes a film with somebody else and that causes a bit of a rift between them so it's 16 years after they made their last film that this is set
3: okay and so we have I like we have Shirley Henderson as Hardy's wife so that's Moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter everyone Um, she seems great in this I haven't seen much of her in it and who's the other wife is it
4: Uh, Nina Arianda and I have to say a big shout out to her because she was hilarious I really liked all the scenes with her and she plays this is she Russian her character
2: I, I don't. I wouldn't hazard a guess. She's a, a she's
4: exactly. a Hollywood dancer, and she makes a big thing about it wherever she goes. And um, she's very sort of um, very abrupt, very abrupt and blunt, and she's just a really funny sort of foil to.
3: Do they get much screen time? The wives. Is there a sense of there's these brilliant women behind them? Yes, they have that friendship. Yes, those two are the talents, but you need these. They don't. They don't pick up,
2: like, up like the strong uh, kind of wife supporting wives. Just, they are both very supportive, um, but they kind of. Uh, they kind of build the relationship between um, the wives, kind of almost separately. Uh, I think one of the one of the act, one of the characters in the film even calls them like the second double act, uh, and they like
4: because they're so different yeah. to each other. They're just hilarious. And, you, you know, um, there's this scene where Shirley Henderson's character is sort of like, yeah, she's heard the story that this other character is about to tell so many times she can start saying it along with her, because it's always about her glittering dance career. And yeah, it's really <laughs> funny.
3: <laughs> well, is there sort of, we're talking about in The Favourite, th- that there's baddies and goodies and there's are these guys, do you turn against any one of them at any point? Or is, are we just very sad for the two of them?
2: Uh, there is there's very little external conflict. Any external conflict there is is fairly uh, manageable, and they they take a lot of stuff on the chin. Um, they
4: do. Yeah. They have a really. Kind of traditionally awful agent who's always after the bottom line, and you right. know, he's the one that's kind of forcing them to do, He's you know, the, the theatres aren't filling out enough, so he gets them to do all these publicity stunts around the country. So they've got to judge the bathing beauties competition or you know, go <laughs> and do this. They do some mad skit where they're both pretending to be lollipop men, and it's just to try and encourage numbers. And, right. Yeah, he's okay. he's all about the bottom line, and he was quite well played, I thought, by the guy I don't know who, which actor
2: yeah, no, he was Rufus s-
4: Jones, I think he was
2: called. He sold yeah, the duplicitous was. market marketing man very well Mm. yeah
4: nice
3: but then so what where does the the conflict come in then because there's there there is this horrible moment where we think their career might end or they might part ways for whatever reason that is is that a huge part of the film or is this just a tiny little blip and this is really a love letter schmush fest to what they used to be
2: there is there's like a brief prologue where they um it's set in their like heyday and it like it does a great job of like setting up little things that you know are going to come back like uh and so whenever we do jump into the 50s whenever they're kind of struggling to fill theaters um i think the film does such a great job of building the relationship and making you like both of these actors portraying both of these kind of cultural icons uh that for me most of the tension came from oh i know it's going to go bad at some point and i don't want that to happen yeah um, I- so
4: you are invested you don't you don't want Definitely. what's coming
2: to yeah
4: i think if you think about like a traditional romance like a, a romantic comedy and the mm. way that's structured so you have the kind of right. you know the build-up to a big moment maybe where there's some sort of conflict and that happens and then you get you know the kind of the declaration of feelings there's the misunderstanding declaration of feelings and then the reconciliation and it kind of follows that template so by the end you know you're just feeling very heartwarmed that they're oh. happy to and that's a bit of a spoiler is it i don't know they're friends again by the end it's, <laughs> it's a real life
3: story it's it's yeah. not it's hard to spoil yeah. but yeah so would you take would you take kids to this would they be interested it's a pg it's only an hour and a half would would they be Bored or enthralled? Is it slapsticky enough, easy enough to follow with the rom com arc?
2: I think it'd be worth maybe if you're going to take kids, showing them a couple of the old sketches first, just so they kind of have an idea. They're not completely. They know who they're watching. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. The slapstick is definitely accessible for everyone. And it's nice because at the end they do that thing that you always hope they're going to do when they're like, and here they are, the real ones. And they show the clips from them over the years. That's
3: that's really nice. They did that at the end of Colette. Wasn't that slapstick and fun, looking (laughs) No. But so um, Bohemian Rhapsody, considering it's the biggest grossing music film of all time, but it's being sort of slated for not whitewashing, but it's very twee and doesn't really get into the depths of Freddie Mercury's life or the band. I didn't get that at all because I thought it was very dark and I had no idea about the struggles Freddie Mercury went through because I was born in the 80s. Yay! Um, But does this sort of give them a hall pass, Lauren and Hardy, or does does it show how difficult their career was and their relationship was at certain times or we just sort of love you guys. It
2: certainly doesn't (laughs) shy away from their kind of misgivings. Like they're straight up, they're very open about how they... um how they just kind of like run through relationships and kind of ruin marriages and yeah, spend had a lot lots of, wives of money between them, haven't they? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't personally, I don't know enough about the and Hardy later no. days to see how accurate it was. But it, nothing seemed extraneous, uh, like in Congress, to what little I do know.
4: And the health of Ollie is quite an important part yeah. because obviously he's quite. A big guy is yeah. getting on, and, and that becomes more important as the film goes on, so they definitely don't gloss over that.
3: With their little dance routines, they do, yeah. yeah. They're quite jiggy, not good for your heart. Anyway, so Stan and Ollie, so Steve Coogan, John C. Riley, that's showing everywhere still. Picture House had it first, I think, on Boxing Day, so I if probably, you were, Yeah, yeah a really early preview, but yeah, it's it's showing everywhere. It's a PG. Um, go along and have a look. Do we want a bird box or do we want a pop ins? What do we reckon? Are we in the mood for some pop ins or do we light in the mood?
1: <laughs> Pop in at what, and then finish on on, on, finish on, on, the, on the deep
3: apocalyptic dark right. now you've said Sounds that great. I've changed my mind. We will bird box if you if you go onto Bums on Seats on Twitter. We've done the meme. We were all seated. Everyone was safe, apart from paper cuts perhaps for Larkin because he didn't have a scarf on him. But
2: that's on Twitter now
3: yeah did i not tell you that was going on i'm sorry do i have your permission yeah great it's too (laughs) late Um, do not do the bird box challenge you will run into traffic and get hurt what's going on people describe seeing an entity that takes on the form of your worst fears
1: oh my god what are you looking at what did you see what is wrong with you please stop it
4: I can't stay here.
2: Every contact we have had with the outside has brought
0: us death. Your kids, Mm. they deserve hope. Every single
1: decision I have made has been for them. Listen to me. We are going on the trip now. It's going to be rough. Hold on! If you hear something in the woods, you tell me. If you hear something in the water, you tell me. under no circumstance, are you allowed to take off your blindfold? Do you hear that?
3: Christian, you wrongly said that this was not as good as A Quiet Place when everyone knows that it's better.
0: That's
3: incorrect. So, well, shall we tell everyone what this is, actually? So if you haven't seen it, it's Netflix's biggest thing this month. (laughs) It's A Quiet Place with No Sight. So, yeah, there's an unseen presence. Everyone has to wear blindfolds. If you look at something... You will meet your demise very quickly. No one knows what that is. And we might remember back in the summer, we had a quiet place where if you make a sound, something's going to come and get you. So it's an identical premise. I wasn't bothered to see it because of that. I just thought, why are they doing this? It annoys me when studios pit themselves against each other like this. This is going to be no good. But it was just there in the middle bit between Christmas and New Year. So I stuck it on Netflix. But how is it as its own film?
0: I'm going to use up my fine for this episode. That's your
3: one fine. That's my okay, one fine. finished, great. And I think it's a
0: perfectly <laughs> fine average. That was film. two.
1: <laughs>
0: it's average. A solid, it's a solid three stars.
3: Out of five or Out ten? Of five. Oh, that's all right then. Yeah, that's a. That's a <laughs> Was <laughs> Out of ten. <laughs>
0: I think the, the acting was great. I think the premise was great. I really liked the premise. Um I'm a sucker for those, you know, high concept horror premises. Um I just think the execution of it could have been better for me. Okay. Um and I think the structure and the pace and the ending in particular was mediocre verging on bad, which left a oh. bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Okay. I think if the ending was better I would have, I would have left you know, left the film thinking it was better than it was. Better than a
4: f-word. <laughs> so apparently they've changed <laughs> the ending from the book, from the original oh, really? ending in the book. Yeah, because this, this
0: came from a book and I didn't know anything about this film. I went in blind, pun intended. <laughs> um, but do you know anything about the book? How has it changed?
1: I, I just know it was darker.
4: Okay. And they made it more
0: uplifting.
1: Well, this. I was, because I kind of think this is a cross between the road, it's like a yes, more upbeat yeah, version it's of like the road. Very road, And and then there were none. Because, do you, see, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, you have to. I mean, yeah. And I really enjoyed it. It, it. It's sort of told in a split time narrative. So you start off in the current time and then you flash back five years previously to see how it all started and and, and, you know what what has happened to leave Sandra Bullock in this Mm -hmm. perilous situation five years on with two Mm -hmm. children on a river it's as far as I know is it the first feature film by I only know Suzanne Beer the director from doing The Night Manager mostly obviously the the huge BBC hit with Tom Hiddleston's bottom and Hugh Laurie as a amazing John le Carré whatever. <laughs> and I thought it was really capably directed I didn't think it was over emotional I thought Sandra Bullock was I really enjoy Sandra Bullock I enjoy her as an actress I did think that she looked incredibly good for someone who'd lived five years through the apocalypse <laughs> I, I, I found did. that a bit that I was, was distractingly like, on, good oh, this?
4: But she always had immaculate makeup and it's like how would you when would you find the time to do that and where is the makeup where are, are the products where are the resources <laughs> exactly the resources?
1: you've been raising children you don't even have food <laughs> you can't even leave the
2: house I love how this is Sorry. what it <laughs> so, yeah. like, well, it, all it, it seems
1: very <laughs> trivial but it
3: pulls your attention it doesn't does. it it's so like we were saying if we were in a period drama and you saw someone wearing Converse you'd be like huh but it's it does, very distracting there's
0: there a lot of times in the film where you're like what how, you know wait a minute honestly is, there's lots of questions that never get oh, answered
1: okay but I think I agree with Christine In I do think I think the cast kind of lifted there are some really classy actors in this there's Sarah yeah. Lorcan's like make completely oh don't, don't even
2: say Sarah Paulson because like I was <laughs> heartbroken she was so quick she was I was to slump to with Sandra
1: Bullock. <laughs> oh, but Tre- Trevanti Rhodes is wonderful, I thought. That's and they, and I really...
3: Moonlight guy, Trevanti, everyone. Lead and I believed
1: him in, in them. I believed in their chemistry. Felt, I did. They, yeah. they felt... <laughs> Lorcan is just oh. giving me looks. Oh, basically. shush.
3: You just Roses. don't like Sandra. And I'm
1: a romantic. I cried. This is a this is film was, I cried
3: in. And that was... I think it that deserves a a, a, a proper big up, the, the relationship between Trevanti and Sandra Sandra's characters, because I don't think I've... Ever seen a post apocalyptic romantic relationship work well because they acknowledge silently that they were thrust together for no reason. They acknowledge that they're stuck together. They're going to have to muddle along together as long she as possible until analogy. they die. But then you do see this tiny little glimmer of attraction between them, and that was so well done, and I didn't realise I'd never seen that before until I saw them, but Lorcan says no. I, well,
2: I mean, <laughs> if you want to get into the ideologies of the kind of film, I would, I would strongly question the roles of uh, the black characters who constantly mm-hmm. act as martyrs for the white characters. Um, and, that is and, a very good point, and see? I did notice the
4: classic horror trope of the black guy. If
3: you've seen Scream... As- you know the rules but yeah Yeah. disappointing we're still doing that
2: um but i mean everyone's comparing this film to a quiet place obviously it's based on a book from a little while ago um i didn't know anything about the film really going into it and as soon as it started i was like why have they decided to remake the happening i'm very happy now (laughs) um but really it's i feel like someone just watched the happening and the mist and the squeeze them together because the it is it yeah. is just the mist it with is the a mist. terrible framing yeah. device that dissolves all i think all tension. we're
3: gonna get this from things like netflix and amazon prime for a while until they're taken seriously as original film production houses they're testing us i think they're saying do you like a bit of this do you want some of that is this the kind of thing you like it's very hit and, on this, isn't it? yeah and this then i think the they're gonna shove loads of money at great stuff them, i think
1: this it has is, been yeah. a monster but hit isn't
0: it they're the great start, like, the, the highest viewed netflix film of all but time, they're great right?
3: at marketing those guys so netflix hits are a, the testament to the marketing behind them
1: also i think this hits a really big demographic i know you know yeah, I, I would be quite happy i think you could if you're 13 or 14 you you could watch yep. this over i think it's probably really? a fifth, it's a fifties, so i probably shouldn't say
0: that there's a little thought, yeah
1: it's not it's not it's
4: not really gruesome awkward. deathy
0: well, the, the violence is a bit gratuitous at times they didn't have to to show what they did. I
4: found it horrifying. i just like to say <laughs> Oh Yeah,
3: Ro- Rosie does not like horror at no,
4: all. I really found it very stressful and exhausting. <laughs>
2: well, so I don't, I I really don't do
3: mind. I can watch things like Saw. I don't mind stuff like that. What I can't do is mild peril. So Independence Day... That's. wasn't I'm done. No, exactly. So this kind of thing should really stress me out, and I was okay with it, but I think it's because I knew what happened in a quiet place. I was like, okay, we're back here again. I can handle this. I'm ready.
0: Is it also because I found it very, very, very predictable? So the sticks were just... Did you really, though? In the beginning, I was like, right... You, 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 and you are gonna die. You, 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 and you will be at the end. But
3: then and I didn't then... think they were gonna do that, so I was surprised when they did that. <laughs>
1: but surely the time framing device makes As that perfectly clear. The, the framing beginning.
2: device makes it explicitly clear. Yes. exactly explicitly clear. Yeah, gets out is, and is, what's is, going to happen? Exactly. Like,
1: there is. So there, there is really no sense of peril because it's. This, this is why. This is why I think it's like. And then there were none. You're just like. Well, how is but, everybody else? But then you're then just
0: waiting not, for. But, it. but then we're not emotionally invested in the characters throughout the whole thing because we know. We know
1: they're okay. But I didn't need to be I mean, I would say it's perfectly serviceable. No, I wasn't particularly emotionally invested in any of them, but I didn't but as a piece of as a two hour piece of entertainment to watch on Netflix, I found it worked really well. I was mm. I was you know, it's I was good invested in for it. For
0: Netflix. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Which yeah. is maybe that's damaging. And then hope <laughs>
0: but then
3: hopefully in about five or so years we will no longer be saying it's good for Netflix. So it, it will just be good by itself. But-
2: films like this get so popular that you keep making the same thing over and over again and it gets <gasps> That's worse. A bit like the superhero films, hey. Still make, make
3: millions. millions. The, other, one? the just- other what now?
2: smell done,
4: if you smell, smell something bad you no,
2: oh
3: okay <laughs> <laughs> well why don't you you get the rights smell to that players. you heard it here first copyright <laughs>
1: smelliest place i haven't seen a quiet place so obviously you guys are saying i should really watch that because it it's the same
3: thing
0: uh, no i, I think, think they're the, both terrible No, Place. i think decided what it wanted to be decided what it's a, a family drama it spent, it spent more, set
3: in yeah, post-apocalyptic spent more time
0: with the characters on the screen so they were all well-rounded whereas these were just like they served the plot rather in, in Bird Box, right. I thought, but um, and they were trying to do too many things at once. Whereas I think okay. The Quiet Place knew what it wanted to be.
3: Okay, we well we let's move on to Lovely Mary Poppins rather than bash this <laughs> official line on Bird Box. It's good for Netflix, right? <laughs> Still currently on Netflix. Not I
1: wouldn't necessarily <laughs> base your subscription to Netflix solely on watching this, but if you have a Netflix, is it subscription, worth six quid a month? There are many worse things to watch.
0: It's you worth know, two it's hours. No, okay. Two hours of your
1: life. Worth no, two but hours. Netflix itself is worth six pounds a month. Obviously. There you go. But See, season, I wouldn't watch it every month. It's, think that's it's a
3: fifteen. Hardened Emma thinks she'll be all right if you're thirteen. Rosie says no.
1: I know some thirteen-year-olds watching. I'm just no. I, yeah. I, I
3: shouldn't. There's obviously, some gore. There's gore. The yeah. And
1: obviously their parents as well. Yeah. But I'm just saying that I think that's why it's been such a big hit because it is, you know. And also there are people I think like you're right about that. Bullock who, you know, yeah. right really about see John Malkovich. It's a great spread a of Hollander.
3: actors and a good spread of different kinds of action. Mm. I agree with you that the ending is a bit. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Shall we visit Mary Poppins? Don't, right, try and be nice about the accents here, everyone, because Dick Van Dyke is still not over it. We'll listen to a lovely trailer of everyone's lovely English accents, and then we'll talk about Mary Poppins Returns.
0: Father, Aunt Dave! come quick, quickly. What
1: is it, Georgie? Has something happened? I was flying the kite when I got caught on a nanny. Whatever are you talking about? Come, come look. Wait, where did you get that kite?
3: I found it in the park. She
1: kept it from blowing away. Mary. Oh, Pence. Close your mouth, please, Michael. We are still not a godfish. <coughs> banks, Still rather inclined to giggle, I see. Good heavens. It really is you. You seem hardly to have aged at all. Really? How incredibly rude. One never discusses a woman's age, Michael. Would have hoped I'd taught you better.
0: I'm sorry, I you didn't hear... came
1: me- back. I thought we'd never see you again. It is wonderful to see you. Yes, it is
3: isn't it mm. was it wonderful to see mary poppins emma <laughs>
1: what was it we went on a delightful family trip three generations right
3: so you're mum, mum of the group today so i'm going to use your expertise were your <laughs> rambunctious sons who i adore, <laughs> this film is two
1: hours long they were they were they were taken by it. i mean they i take my kids to the cinema a lot so they see quite right. a lot of mixed stuff and they enjoyed it i i Saying before we came on air, my husband is possibly the biggest original Mary Poppins fan there is. So there was no way we were getting. Bar bon right moi. I will fight Munch for that one. by you. So he was <laughs> super excited about it, and I am. I'm a huge Hamilton fan. I didn't actually realise till I went in there that Lin Manuel Miranda has not written any of the songs. But I think that's quite interesting because the songs. It's
3: weird, guys. Who wrote the songs? They wrote really dirty stuff for saturday night live the guys who wrote the songs
1: I, what i like about this actually is that the songs are very much it, it's moved you've shifted forward in time from the original mary poppins which is around 1910 i think this is set in the 30s the 1930s to so the time of you know the depression or whatever and um, the songs are very much they're very much of that era i think the style of it which i liked because quite often you are going to see a musical now and they'll be very contemporary songs even inside a period setting um it looked beautiful. The colours are gorgeous. You know, CGI. It, it, it is essentially the same film all over again.
2: Really, they, they could very easily have done The Greatest Showman and have all the songs be top forty wannabes yeah. that don't tie into the story at all. And
1: I liked, and I I I thought that was a that was a smart move, and it, it, I I liked that a lot about it. It didn't it didn't have the magic i was hoping it would do for me it doesn't and i think maybe that rob i'm not a huge rob marshall fan as a director i think (sighs) he's quite pedestrian i think he's a little pulling. i don't think it's any fault of the casting emily blunt sounds a little tortured because i think she's trying to sound maybe like julie andrews or like another and it's a little bit i found her just use your
3: own accent emily like that's that's what they want that's what they're looking for
1: but um (laughs) You know, again, there's a Ben Wishaw, Emily Mortimer. The grown up in me, I loved. Yeah. The children were significantly more annoying than the children in the original one, I would say. Again.
3: So I agree with you that it was lacking a bit of magic for pretty much all of it for me, but I think they really gratuitously piled it on in the last 10 or 15 minutes, So and I lost my mind because I loved this sh- film growing up. I love all of Disney. I love all musicals. And it was the last ten minutes is incredible. They stick Angela Lansbury in unexpected, unexplainably. Not a spoiler. I won't tell you who she plays. It's lovely. Um, but so, how did it? How did it hold up for you for a full two hours, Lorcan, As an I, adult male,
2: I found it. What? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to. Speak to be terribly
3: for all the sexist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, don't speak for my husband. He please do. You.
2: I doubt I will. Um, I there's something kind of strange because I think. The way they've staged lots of the musical numbers uh, they staged as if the audience is like literally watching a stage production that's the director
3: there, so he did Chicago and all that kind of thing. He is very stagey musical, isn't he It works yes. better I
1: mean, or yeah it works better when it, but this is yeah this is what I mean about it feeling very pedestrian it didn't mm. yeah
2: and whenever whenever you like it does feel like you just kind of sat there watching. A musical, a musical on. that's going on for way too long. Some of the mus- some of the musical numbers are very sweet and endearing. Some of them go on for way too long. Meryl Streep. That wasted was, fifteen that was minutes awful. of my life. Well, that it is, had nothing to do with anything. It feels
1: like obviously it's like the laughing, it's, it's like the laughing tea that they have in this. They're, it's they're like mirroring every scene the beginning. we have yeah. in the first one. We're going to have a, 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 yeah. a, you know, a, a comparative one in this. So the laughing tea scene with the uncle in the first one becomes going to visit cousin Topsy, which is just bizarre. And then, obviously, you have, instead of the Chimney Sweep, that time, scene was leery, incredible. Leery dance beat that's where energy.
3: it picked up for me, and it didn't drop. Once we had, because they look exactly the same as the Chimney Sweep, sort of, they're, they're these black, shadowy figures holding onto lampposts. And I was like, ah, here we go, this is what I've been waiting for. One hour, 40 minutes in, but that's fine. Um, but it was, it. I left the cinema feeling like I experienced a lot of magic, but it really is shoehorned quite severely but you didn't you didn't like the kids but did you do we think the elder banks roles worked or was that was that's to be expected from a mary poppins reboot the elder banks children
1: i think it's very hard for Ben. i mean i ben Wishore to me works with almost everything he does i wasn't Mm -hmm. entirely so convinced by emily mortimer but it's a sweet Mm -hmm. kind of romance and obviously you know and lin-manuel miranda has a huge role in this as well Mm -hmm. um and I guess this is his first big film part, actually. So it's quite you know, and, and, and yeah. he, I think he does a, he does a good job. He's a good sidekick. Um,
2: I think, I think personally, Ben Wishart did a lot to endear me towards the film. He has a song early on where he's singing about like his wife's passed away, and that that was very sweet. And he, he does a great performance through the whole film. He
3: seems more like the central character rather than Mary Poppins, I thought. I and he, he does carry it brilliantly. We're massively running out of time. How have we managed to do this? But we, what do we have this week? We had Colette, the favourites, Stan and Ollie, Bird Box, Mary Poppins. You've not all seen them, but from our brilliant discussion, what do you think? What's the best of this week?
0: Well, I am I the favourite.
3: Really? Right.
0: Is
1: my favourite. All right, all right, all right, Emma. I'm also going with the favourite. Oh, fine. Unless you have children, in which case, I guess, them to see Mary Poppins.
0: Okay, I'm really intrigued by Stan and Ollie, so I'm. Definitely I want to see Stan and Ollie. Yeah. Is yeah. that your favourite? I think
4: your kids to see Stan and Ollie as well. I would say it's good fun. I, that would be my favourite. I love It's
3: that. the one I haven't seen out of the five of them, and I think it's going to be my favourite. What do you reckon, Larkin? I think
2: the favourite's definitely the best of the lot, but I did really enjoy Stan and Ollie.
3: Yeah, I can't wait to see Stan and Ollie. It sounds lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, what did we just talk about? Mary Poppins are still showing everywhere. Is it, a, is it a U? Do we still make U's anymore? Or is it all PG? No, it's a PG. It's a PG. PG. What would make that a PG? Are
4: there, is there some mild peril in it? Maybe? <laughs> There's no
3: peril. I would. I know when I'm looking at peril. There's no peril in that. Do we think, oh, really? No. <laughs> What? Oh, well, we can't say we can't say because we'll spoil things. We mustn't spoil it for Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> mustn't spoil it. Right. But no, yeah. So bums on seats. We're back on the twenty sixth of this month. I think Yossi's in charge of that show. I might show up as a reviewer. We'll see. We've got a little bit of special music to background fill while I have you all say goodbye. Well, this is. Can you recognise? If it's your favourite film of all time, you two... This is from, well, it's, it's style lifted from the favourites. It's from the Draftman's contract, apparently. Did you
1: just say my favourite film? I didn't say my favourite <laughs> film. Of all of the time, week. Of all week. I just said out of these three that I've seen. Out of these oh, three man, that, that you've seen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> lovely piece of music, the Draftman's contract. Heavily style lifted for the favourite. See? Plinky, plinky, like Tudor chamber music. Oh, lovely. Get it, right? Yes. Brilliant. Anyway, thanks for coming, everyone. That wasn't so bad, Christian, was it?
0: No, thank you for having
3: me. Are you going to come back?
4: I was. Thank you for having me.
3: None of you you guys say thank you. Yeah,
1: well done. Thanks, Rosie.
3: Thank
4: you for having
1: me.
3: Emma. (laughs) Thank
1: you for having me, Ashley. It's
3: been a pleasure. You're so welcome. Thanks for joining us on Bums on Seats. We're back, like I said, two weeks' time. I think Yossi's going to be in the hosting chair on the 26th. We play this again on Cambridge 105 Radio, Sundays at 2pm. And then if you look for Bums on Seats on iTunes or our Facebook or Twitter page, you'll be able to catch up whenever you want. We make this into a podcast. But again, thanks very much for staying with us. And we will see you in two weeks' time. Bye-bye. Bye.